Hello, everybody. Welcome to Meeting on the Mound here with Kyle Gibson. This week, my guest is twin center fielder Byron Buxton. Buck, how are you doing today? I'm good, Gibby. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks for joining me. Uh, we got a little bit of time here on the team flight. We're on our way to New York. Uh, this show won't be on until Monday, but we're going to talk a little bit about the season, uh, how it's been going for you so far. But before we get there, I want to start back in high school. Just doing a little bit of research, that's where the Buxton saga begins in my mind. Uh, drafted in 2012, you were a three-sport athlete through high school. You most likely were the homecoming king, prom king, because it said you could do it all. So uh, how is high school in your mind? Because some of the stats make it seem really, really easy. Um, it was fun. It was tough, you know. Um, there's some guys that got drafted right on after 2012, so you know it, that's the fun part of it. You get to see those guys that you played against in high school, and uh, you get to cheer them on once they get there. So, uh, a lot of people probably know that have done some research on it, but you're a pitcher and a hitter. Actually, your senior year, you were 10 and one with a 1.9 ERA and 154 strikeouts in 81 innings. Um, did you always like hitting more than pitching, or was there a time where you thought, hey, maybe I should do this pitching thing full-time? Nah, I always like hitting. Um, I only pitched just because the team needed me to, um, but I liked it doing what I'm doing now, which is taking away base hits from other people. Absolutely, and I like that because personally I've probably had six to seven times where I turn around and in center field and there's Buck making the catch, so I'm glad you did that. Uh, back to high school, you had 38 stolen bases in 30 game, 38 games your senior year. You had one time where you got thrown out. Do you remember the guy that threw you out that one time in high school, and is he still playing baseball? Um, I think he is, but, yeah, his name is Brandon Purcell. Uh, we were playing at home. Yeah, I think I, he threw me out at third base. I love that you still remember that guy. I mean, it obviously had to stand out. You had 39 attempts, 38 stolen bases. Uh, last one about high school here. You were a stud high school player as well in football. Uh, you had multiple offers to play in college. You chose to commit to University of Georgia for baseball and hoping to walk on in football. How was that decision going between baseball and football for you, and what ultimately led you to choose baseball? Um, I just had a lot more passion for baseball. I've been playing it a little bit longer. Um, I kind of only played football because my parents told me if I didn't play another sport, I had to get a job. So, so I was like, you know what? I'm too young right now. I'm just going to go play football. And, you know, the more fun, the more I've done it, the more fun I had. And, you know, I, I got better as I went. You got a favorite position on the gridiron? Free safety. Free safety. I love that. How many? You had a couple picks and a pick six or senior, I believe. So uh, roaming around back there, you were probably a quarterback's nightmare. Yeah, I love, I love that, though. I love that. Very good, very good. So we're going to go into Pro Bowl now. And uh, you probably don't remember, but uh, 2012 was the summer you got drafted. That was also my Tommy John rehab summer. So I had the ability to watch Byron Buxton in his first couple uh, moments as a twin. And one moment that sticks out to me, it was either in drills or a GCL game, more likely in a game because you never would have missed a cutoff guy like this in a drill. But you're in deep right center. You go and make a play. I don't remember if you caught it or if it was a double, but you absolutely threw a missile to third base from the right center field all the way in the air. Um, and for me, that was just one moment that sticks out. You have those moments where you say, man, that guy's a special player. That's a special talent out there. Um, but as you were going up, what would you say are some of your most memorable moments uh, or some of the biggest and best piece of advice that you've got going through the minor leagues? Um, I think one of 
the biggest pieces I got was always be a good teammate. Um, the better, more, more teammates you have that say you're a better teammate, um, it seems to somehow pick you up. Your game seems to play better, um, and it lets you know that they got your back. So I think me coming up, getting that, noticing that right off the bat gave me that comfortability a little bit to try to be myself a little bit more. So you just mentioned kind of going into the next question is, is through your ups and downs now, even in the big leagues, uh, just so you know, you've always had teammates obviously in the locker room that know the type of player you can be and that you are going to be and, and that you are now. But going through that, you know, the pressure of being the number two overall pick, the pressure of being having all these labels, how did you handle that uh, mentally off the diamond? Because that can probably be just as, as weighty on you as on the diamond. Um, off the diamond, it wasn't too bad. You know, I had my family that – I kind of let baseball go once I got off the diamond, and I, I had my family time. It was the the pressure. You you can say you didn't have it, but until you realize when you get a little bit older, which I have a little bit, I was definitely, like, pressured to always do good, to always got to do that, you know, instead of just being myself, going out there, not trying to worry about changing anything, just staying within myself. I always tried to like be better than I was this year, this year, this year, and like it kind of changed who I was as a as a player. So, Buck, you've always shown ever since you've been called up and in the minor leagues that you were one of the best center fielders in the game defensively. But this year, offensively, just looks different. You look more comfortable, whatever it is. What are some of those factors and things that you worked on in the off season to get you to this point? Um, I just had to take that step back and go back and find myself within. You know, go back to. What got me drafted? What was what was fun to me back then to make me be so good? And the more more I thought about that, you know, it was the people that was close to me. You know, my teammates, my family, um, uh, and baseball. You know, and without God, obviously, I wouldn't be able to to do what I'm doing now. You know, so I guess all those things right there was what gave me. A little bit of confidence, more confidence. I shouldn't say a little bit. It gave me more confidence to like, look, be yourself. They know what you can do. You know what you can do. Just go have fun. I love it. I love it. All right. So before we get to the Twitter questions at the end, uh, I've got one more baseball question for you. And who would you say has had the biggest impact on your career to this point, on or off the field? Um, probably my parents. Um, you know. Every time I go through rough patches or struggles, you know, I can call them and I know they got some type of good advice to tell me, like, just go out there and smile today or just go out there and have fun. Like, it's the little things that helps me be good. Okay, a couple, uh, couple tough questions about off the field now. You have a son, Bricks, uh, just turned five, same age as my daughter, Hayden. They get along really well in the, in the playroom. What would you say is the hardest thing about being a dad in the big leagues and while you're playing? And then also, what is the hardest thing about being a husband during season? Oh, that's tough. Um, I think the hardest part is the amount of time that we're gone. You know, not being able to see them, not being able, them being able to watch all your games, you know. Um, especially when he's a daddy's boy, you know, like every <laughs> – Every hour, he always want to call, especially if he's not with me. And it's like those little little moments right there is like, man, I'm missing those moments. But at the same time, this is our job, and you know we know what we got to do. So 
uh, we FaceTime as much as possible. Absolutely. So now you guys, you know, I, we get to see Lindsey and Bricks on the road a lot. And I know there's been guys like Blaine Boyer where he and his wife, you know, made sure that if it was a 10-day trip, they came to one city. How do you guys balance that? Because, I mean, it seems like Lindsey and Bricks are there quite a bit, and you get to spend that time on the road too with them. Um, yeah, you know, we, when the schedule comes out um, in the off season, when, when we're preparing, we kind of go through the schedule already and kind of pick out, you know, if we got that long road trip, what – place you want to go to what places you don't want to go to and majority of the time it's the places that she she and hit she places they haven't been to so as in philadelphia they've never been to philadelphia so they booked that flight you know so it's the places that they want to go to for the most part now, more than likely, this could be the hardest question of the day for you, but uh, like I mentioned, Hayden and Bricks have been good buddies for a while, and on more than one occasion, Hayden has brought up uh, her just basically having a massive crush on Bricks, and I've had to deal with questions about marrying Bricks and all this other stuff, but if you had to put a number on it, what are the chances that Hayden and Bricks end up married later in life? Right now? Right now. 10 of 10. The way that they get along is, yeah, you look at me sometimes like, all right, but you better relax here. I give you a little hard time on that, that's for sure. But, hey, you know what? I mean, obviously knowing how you and Lindsay are as parents and how Bricks is, that kid is so respectful when you tell other people. And, you know, for right now, I mean, with how Hayden is, Bricks would make Hayden better. Let me tell you that right now. All right, so I've got some Twitter questions for you here. Uh, some fans just want to know, just some quick hitters. Uh, what do you enjoy more, making a play like you did in Houston or against Houston today in right center or hitting the stand-up triple like you did today? Making a play in the outfield and center field. There's nothing that makes you feel better than taking away a base hit and helping out your teammates and then we coming in the next inning and getting everything going. I love it. So on that play, the step cast had you at 28 miles an hour sprint speed or 28 feet per second, whatever it is. How does it feel to almost run 30 miles an hour? That's what a fan wants to know. What's that feel like? Um, honestly, you don't feel like you're moving at all. Uh, it, it, it sounds kind of weird, but when I'm running, I'm like, man, am I even running? And then, I, you know, I look and I'm like, bro, I felt slow. Nah, man, you was running really fast, you know, like. It's just one of those things where I guess fast people always feel slow. All right, I've never had that feeling, so I normally just feel slow the whole time. All right, uh, another one about catching versus hitting. You kind of answered it, but would you rather rob a home run or hit the game-winning home run in this instance? Definitely hit the game-winner. I mean, anything to help your team get a W, put that, put another point on that win column is, is the goal. So definitely, definitely hit the winning home run. Now, this one might be a little bit harder because you're going to have to think back a little bit. But throughout your career, um, and maybe just keep it to the big leagues just so people, if they want to go back and watch the catch, they can. But has there been a catch in your career where you make it and you look back and think, wow, I actually caught that ball. You almost kind of surprised yourself that you made the play. Man, um, it's actually two of those. I don't really know which one is more. But the one in Detroit. Um, that Cabrera hit. Ball just did some funny things. I mean, on video it looks like I took a terrible route, but if you're on the field and you and you're down there, you can tell. All right, man, you you better be ready, you know. But 
My toughest catch got to be in Cleveland, the year we clinched. Um, I don't know. I still don't know how I caught it. You know, like that's the iconic one that's on that's on uh, MLB. It was like Mother's Day, I think, or close to Mother's yeah, Day. You're diving I, into right center. It was unbelievable. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, everything came off but the ball. Hey, that's exactly what people were wanting to know right there. Hey, uh, Buck, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you know, this will be on the Monday pregame show, and if you want to catch it on the Twins podcast, go ahead and listen to the Twins podcast as well. But thanks, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, Buck. Thank you, Gibby. All right, thanks, Buck. Appreciate it. Chris, back to you.